0: Hey everyone, welcome to Rudget Show, the show where I interview people who are reshaping what it means to live well in the 21st century. We talk the creator economy, learning and building in public, and how we can hack our way out of our most pressing issues. Enjoy. So awesome. What's up, Somi? Thanks for joining me. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. i um, really glad to be here on the show and excited for our conversation.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's been really awesome because I got connected with you obviously through Nathan. So Nathan was someone that I I bounce around online a lot and I think that's just a quarantine thing. But uh, yeah, I saw his stuff and then he was like, oh, uh, we we spoke and I was like, do you know anyone I could talk to? And he sent me the link to your website. So I was poking around on there and and you have a lot of cool stuff. And so the first thing I want to talk about is I noticed that you live stream your coding stuff on Twitch.
1: I don't do anything on Twitch, but we have done stuff on YouTube before, but not really Twitch.
0: Oh, Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you you're like you're 19 or you're 20 years old now?
1: 19.
0: 19. Yeah, you're 19 years old and you're building a startup, which is pretty pretty wild. And also we have this weird thing where you were working on it with Maxime, who I knew from another thing, which is like a super weird sort of thing. Okay. But talking about what it's like just the day to day of just being a student founder and, and just telling people like that you're a student founder?
1: For sure. it's one of those things that I don't to advertise as much and and the reason I say that is because yes, I am working on something, but I'm also a full-time student on the side or actually I am a full-time student and I'm working on something on the side. I would love to work on something uh, all the time, but I think it's just logical to to go through school and get an education and things like that, even though it's like the expected norm and you definitely don't need it. It's something that I want to do. So definitely take that to be serious on my end. But it's one of those things that I don't like to advertise as much because quite frankly, I have always seen like whatever I work on, whether it's a startup or a side project, I've always had had like a personal mission that I want it to be aligned to. And then that personal mission is make what I'm doing worthwhile, making sure that I have an impact with what I'm doing. And what I don't think like, I'm not going to get anything from this telling people, oh, I'm a student founder. And I don't want to do that because I don't think it's that. Yes, it characterizes me in some sense, but I don't think it's all of me. And I think that I'm so much more than just that. So definitely want to, to make sure, yes, I'm a student founder, but I'm also so much more. I'm a runner, I'm a photographer, I'm a videographer. I am trying to get more into reading. I'm trying to diversify and really read more philosophy and, and and things like that because I feel like there's just so much out there that I have to learn and there's really a lot that's left for me to discover and I'm really excited to to be able to do
0: that's awesome yeah and do you find that the internet helps you explore all these different you mentioned a lot of different things there and so if you try to do all those things in one day you would just explode obviously but do you find that the internet helps you explore all these different sort of cool ideas that percolate in in your head
1: yeah, I think 100%. It helps you explore, but it also keeps you It keeps you like on your toes looking for something new. But it also is incredibly distracting. It's also incredibly taking away from the things that you want to do. Often, you say, I'm going to go for a run today. But you might find yourself on Google, on a rabbit hole, trying to learn about something else. And you don't accomplish your goal of finishing an assignment or being able to get active. So I think the internet is a net positive for society. The internet is amazing. It's enabled so many different things, but it also needs to be balanced with some sort of self-awareness and some sort of sort of framework for managing your time and being productive because there's a lot of distractions out there. But going back to like the original point, I think the internet is amazing. It's helped me get into so many of these interests. And I think without the internet, I would not be who I am today. Because of the internet, because of the online communities that I joined, because of the people that I talked to, because of the tweets that I read, I have learned so much. And those little like knowledge bits, I feel, have all contributed and culminated into my like core interests, my core passions. And yes, like the internet is not the sole factor of everyone in terms of my life and, and where I am today.
0: That's awesome, yeah. And I think me especially, right, online communities, it's been... The internet is uh, good or bad, sort of depending on how you, what sort of part of the internet you go to. You can go and find this unbelievable blog and get access to insights from a specific person, right? Your blog, for example, or you're starting a newsletter if you want to plug that real quick. But uh, yeah, I, the last person I spoke to, I was talking to you about this before, the last person I spoke to is called Hugo. And so he had this analogy where he talked about creation as being exercise and sort of social media scrolling Um, And something like that being like eating fatty foods. So it's a similar sort of idea, right? If you just sit around eating junk food all the time, then you're not going to be energized to go for that run. But I think writing and creating, and I've had a similar experience as you where we read all these cool ideas from all over the place. Twitter, for me, it's been just looking at things people read and certainly probably podcasts as well. It's just all these cool ideas that stick with us. But I think definitely there's these two sides to the internet. So we need to balance the creation with the consumption somehow.
1: Definitely, 100% agree. I think a lot of us are consumers. I think, like, I mostly consumed until I started creating, and, and once I started creating, that changed everything. And yes, a lot of us are, are lurkers online, a lot of us just consume, which is completely fine. But I think once you make that first little bit of creation, where it's a, a blog post, newsletter, YouTube video, anything, I, I think like that first thing you make is very important and once you take that first step i think that is when you start to shift and prioritize creation as well and recognize that there should be some balance because yes you're learning so much and you're able to consume so much content and see what other people are up to it's equally important for you to practice and exercise um, yourself your skills and share with the world what you're thinking what you're doing what you're building and i think that it's really important to have this balance, not only because it will, I strongly think it's going to help you because it's helped me in so many different ways. Not only being able to consume content, but create content has helped me understand how do I create value? How can I make some sort of impact? How can I make sure what I'm working on is worth it? And I think that's like a big question for me. And I think creating things and building things and just releasing them out in the wild are my ways of, of telling myself, um, okay, am I on the right track according to like where I want to be? And I think like a lot of it comes from validation online, and I think it's something that's very real. But I want to make it more as if I'm creating it just to create it as a learning experience. If people use it, that would be amazing. And knowing that people benefit from whatever you do, anything that you release, anything that you create is really an amazing experience. And it's one of those things that automatically gives you a feedback loop to keep on doing more of it. And this is like in so many different disciplines, so many different in- industries. Like as soon as you get, even if you look at like social media, for example, you get that you're automatically more like incentivized and motivated to to post more and create more content. And I think it's, that's something that's present. It's ever present across everywhere on the internet and it can be very good and it can also be very bad. So definitely need that sense of balance but for me i've been trying to balance creation consumption as it relates to my goals and i've seen that while i do consume a lot more than i, I create i'm actively working to evening out that scale and, and making sure that yes i'm consuming i'm creating on the internet but also taking a break from the internet and doing things in real life and not spending all my time because i know it can get very exhausting and it can get very addictive scrolling through and and like waiting and and getting uh, really excited for likes and validation from people online. So definitely need a balance on on both fronts, both the creation and consumption, but even at a higher level, creation and consumption. What are you doing for your your personal relationships? What are you doing in life overall?
0: Yeah, the audio cut out for a second. That'll be interesting to hear back. But... (laughs) Yeah, I think there's multiple kinds of validation, right? Because you have something that people can validate, like an Instagram photo, right? People post photos of big instances from their lives, like you could post a photo from prom, and then you wait for for some comments and stuff like that. But there are other types of validation too, right? When you share what you're creating. So when I share a blog post, for example, I think that validation is different. And it was very nice to hear you say that we're just creating for the sake of creation, and if someone uses it, that's a good thing. But that's like. The that's the dessert, right? That's the extra sort of part of it. And so I think we can use the internet as a sort of accountability, right? Because you've started a newsletter and you mentioned that you want to explore philosophy and, and all these other cool ideas. And you could see that newsletter as you holding yourself accountable to pursue the ideas that the current version of you has. And you mentioned this sort of shift, right? When you shifted from becoming I guess, 100% consumer or, you know, whatever it was to creating a little bit. So talk to me a little bit about that. What was that like?
1: For sure. I think like I would have not become a creator if I didn't never consumed anything. And I think being able to consume the right content and the right things online or even in person is probably like fundamental to my shift to understanding how important creation is and how important consuming the, the right content is and like you are like a direct result of people say you are what you eat but you're also you are what you, you take in what you absorb yeah, yeah. What you what you pay attention to what you're inspired by and i think that being a part at, at an early age of on twitter and on youtube and i used to be very into technology so i used to be following all the tech youtubers and following the latest tech rumors and that slowly developed into a interest in technology and and building things. But if I had not started with that first step of watching MKBHD grow his YouTube channel and, and talk about phone reviews and talk about like recaps from Apple events, like those were the real days where I was just learning about technology, learning about what I'm interested in. And that's what enabled me to get an interest in the field and eventually create things on my own. So I think, yes, consumption is very important. Consumption of content. And things that align with your goals and your personal interest is very important. And without like consuming that content, I don't think I would have ever um, been exposed to this new side of creation.
0: It's that first excitement. It's that first person or that first feeling that makes you think, wow, like there's something really interesting going on here. And for me, that was over the summer. And then I had the unbelievable experience of, of interviewing that person. But I think anyone who creates, they fundamentally just want to share that experience with other people. Would you say that's true, probably?
1: I think for the most part, yeah, that's probably the the biggest motivating factor.
0: Right, yeah. And and so I'm just interested in, I I don't think we really need to have a conversation about how important it is to learn how to code, but you've uh, created something to help other people learn how to code. So I'm just wondering whether you think about creation fundamentally, maybe as giving what you think of that idea and then what you think about how in light is helping you give that experience to other people.
1: Yeah. It's a great question. I never really thought of creation as giving, but I think like that word makes a lot of sense being there. I've always thought of like creation as I've thought of it as giving, but just in a different context or different words, which does very much align. And I think like creation is one of those things that gets you really excited when you see somebody else who's using your creation and thanking you for your creation. And that like automatically gives you a positive feedback loop and encourages you to to keep on working on what you're working on. And I do think that creation, when it comes to being motivated by other people and, and what they get out of my creation, is probably one of the most biggest motivating factors for me. And I think, I think like over the years, working on Enlight, it's been one of these like really rewarding experiences, whether it be like in a message of a LinkedIn request saying that, thank you for creating Enlight, or just like an email that I get from someone or a DM. That was really cool for me. And I think like when I was first starting out, I got more of those because Enlight was a very much like a side product very much like a bootstrap small site that was maintained by one person me and I think people acknowledge that they love that personal that personal touch and that's what encouraged them to reach out and that was amazing and I think like during the early days these days are still early but like the early days I think those that was really motivating and really cool and that's what got me more into creation and being able to share and I think like When I was first creating projects, like these really simple projects, like I think one of my first programming projects was like a to-do list or maybe like a clock in HTML and CSS. I don't remember which one it was, but one of those, and it was like really simple. And I've never, I never shared them with anybody because I did share them, but I didn't know how to share them. I put them on my website and I kept them there, but they were cool because I learned how to do something new and I really loved it. I didn't create those projects because I wanted other people to get a use out of it. I created it because I wanted to learn. And that was really cool. And I was like, okay, what if I can show other people how to create these projects and learn the same way that I did? And that's when I like started, had this idea to start a blog and post these projects on that website and allow anybody to be able to go through a tutorial and build this project for themselves. And and see that they're capable of building something on their own and that they can do it and that you don't need to wait around for a course you don't need to read a book you don't need to do anything the internet is there just google your question and step through it and actually just take dive in and, and start and i think like that's the biggest barrier that people have to overcome when they create something and i felt okay maybe this philosophy or this way of doing things is worth spreading and that's what sort of started in light because I found out that, yes, there are a lot of tutorial sites out there, a lot of projects out there that you can build, but there was no site like explicitly saying that, okay, you don't need to know how to code. You can completely learn to code by building these really simple projects, and you don't need to memorize syntax because you're going to learn that along the way. And I think that was something that I really stood behind because that's how I learned to code, and I wanted to share that. It wasn't necessarily that, you know, I was doing something groundbreakingly different, right? On uh, teaching people the code on this blog. It was just how I framed it. I was like, okay, this is a site to learn to code by building projects. If you've ever just wanted to like learn to build something in web development, pick a project that sounds interesting to you and just go through the tutorial and then build something slightly more advanced. And if you want to add a new feature, just Google it and, and figure it out as you go. Um, go into Stack Overflow and type in how do I change this color uh, or how do I add this animation? And that was the best way that I found to learn. And I think like in many respects, that is the best way to learn anything, not just coding. I think diving right into it and actually experiencing, actually being able to figure things out on your own, that's like true learning. And that's, I, and in a way, I also use that as a way for me to reinforce my learning because a lot of people say the best way to know you've learned something is to teach it. And I think writing those tutorials and being able to share them with others and get other people to replicate, create these projects, and then even add on to them and make them their own, that was really cool to see that, okay, people really liked what I built so much and they understood what I said and how I explained it so that they were able to learn on their own and really add on to it and make that project their own. So I think that's a really long answer going back to that question of motions behind creation. And I think, yeah, other people using it has been amazing. And I hope everything else that I create has some value to, to someone else. Anything else that let me clarify for a sec, anything else that I create and share publicly has some value because there are some things I create just for myself and just to learn. And they don't necessarily need to be shared. But I think a lot of the things that I do share are meant to have some sort of value to to someone else that they can benefit from, from whatever I have I've made. And that's a great feeling to have.
0: Yeah. I think, especially when I entered college, it was very intimidating because I think software tools in general are exploding. Obviously, there's framework wars and just in terms of just like front-end development. And then there's so many database options. Do you need to do, right, some sort of Flask app with a managed Redis on a Kubernetes cluster? Or can you just... There are some HTML and CSS up there. And so I think there's a few problems. I think there's also this perception around coding as if it's only done by nerds or people that don't know how to talk to other people. And so I think just that space seems so accessible and impermeable. And I've had other people say that before. And so I'm just wondering if you face some resistance or if you ever face some of that when trying to get people to sign up for Enlight or whether people, I don't know, have some sort of misconceptions about any common misconceptions about what Enlight is and what it's trying to accomplish?
1: Yeah. So let me just explain what Enlight is. So Enlight is a site to teach anyone to code by building projects. We have over 40 project projects that you can build within web development and data science. And we recently launched a cohort program where anybody can sign up for these two week mini coding boot camps, and you can learn web development by building three unique projects. That's our our newest product, and it's gotten a significant amount of success, and we've been putting a lot of resources towards it. But going back on this question in terms of learning to code, yes, it is a huge barrier. And I think in many respects, it's very hard to know where to start. And we want to solve that by being the place to start, the launchpad to start your coding journey. Because there are a lot of resources out there, there are a lot of things that you can do. But sometimes it can just be very overwhelming. And you see all these, just like you mentioned, you see all these new frameworks and all these new technologies that are very complex, but there's no need to start and learn all these frameworks Just start at the very basics. And the basics can, this learning the basics can allow you to achieve something that you never even thought that you could. And I think like A lot of new coders or or people just getting into computer science and want to learn how to build things are intimidating by okay, this is gonna be very hard. I don't think I can pick it up. And that's definitely like reinforced by society, it's reinforced by by everything else. But I think generally think if you have a passion, if you have an interest in doing something, you can definitely go over get over those, those hurdles. It all starts with believe it or not, it all starts with starting. You just need to take that first step. You need to watch that YouTube video, you need to enroll in, you need to just start. And I think like that could start would just be like a simple personal website is a great place to start and changing colors and and adding an animation and maybe adding a contact form, like all those things, every single new feature you add, you're going to learn something new. And there's so many resources online. It just comes down to you don't need to use the most complex technologies in the world You can just start at the the basics and you can accomplish so much in just in 30 minutes or an hour of watching a tutorial, you can have a personal website. That's what, that's how amazing the internet is, right? There's so much knowledge out there. You just need to make the most out of it. And, and with that, it's also very hard to know, you know, what you should follow Mm -hmm. and we're trying to solve that within Light and with specifically with our cohort program. And a lot of people that yes, you're not going to be like a full-on developer after two weeks, but you'll have the skills, the intro level skills and confidence to build and continue building on your own. And we think that's one of the most important things we can give you. Solve that immediate that barrier of, of how scared coding can be and, and just get you started building things.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a... Oh, gosh! Okay. I have a question that's sort of just of of personal interest, which is just like to what extent do you interact with the people that use Enlight and the people that enroll in the, in the cohorts and by that like to what extent do you get to know them as people?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. It's something that we've been trying to do a lot more because not only does that make make it a good experience for the learner, it also makes it a good experience for us.
0: What's your favorite story? of someone using light to, to create something and just getting really excited about it? Or, or do you have a favorite story?
1: For sure. I think there there are a lot of stories. I think choosing one of them is tough. But one of them is earlier this summer, we were just starting out our cohort program and we needed a few people to test it on. And we were just, we started to learn about how people learn to code, especially beginners. and I actually hit up a couple of my friends and one of my friends was really interested. He was super excited. He was like, yeah, man, I've been, I thought about getting a CS minor, but never got around to it. I am, I'm going to take a CS minor and I'm getting into like more upper level computer science courses, but I would love to do this because I I always wanted to learn how to build things and create things. He was on board the first cohort zero and it was just amazing to see how he was able to be um, introduced to this whole new world, because I think it's very present, especially among computer science students. There's just like one world where you're in school, you're completing school projects, you're learning about algorithms, you're learning about theory, you're learning right. about like the concepts and the, and the abstractions of computer science, which is really cool. But in this whole nother world of building and creating things and, and revealing them to the world, focused on user experience, focusing on value, focusing on creating the, the best product possible. And I think like he and and many others have never been exposed to this side, yeah. this very practical side. And I think throughout the cohort experience, he was able to build things and really amaze himself. And he was like, wow, this is so much different from like a CS class that he took, right? Because you're actually building these products on your own. And that was really nice to hear because after that, he had a lot of other ideas of how he wanted to expand on his projects and build his own um, app. And it, it's really cool to see that because it's one of those things that you hear very often that a lot of people don't know that this whole other world exists. And I feel education should reflect that. And we should be learning more about this whole other world of building and, and creation and releasing them online because computer science as a whole, like the whole culture and everything around it, isn't just learning about theory. It's all about, mm-hmm. it's also about its practical applications. Yeah,
0: I I think about this sometimes as maybe the distinction between an engineer and a hacker. Sometimes you'll see people like Jack Dorsey, for example, calls himself a hacker. And to make this distinction clear, if I'm being confusing, is just, right. a hacker is the same as an artist or a writer in the sense that they produce beautiful things and then their medium just happens to be code. And engineers are, I think nerd is, is an appropriate word because I consider myself a nerd too, but it's people that think about the application of theory. And I'm, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I just think that school maybe disservices hackers and people that are interested in building beautiful things and perhaps doesn't let people unlock or pursue hacking as much. And you could argue that if you want to be a hacker, it may not necessarily make sense to go to school. I agree with you. I think theory is immensely valuable. I think the math that we don't know what to do with now is going to power the systems that we make in the future. But I'm just interested in how much Enlight and Enlight's future success will be the child of people disliking online CS classes and perhaps people just getting really energized by the idea of building things that represent them and that are uniquely theirs.
1: Yeah. I agree with your first point about like the hacker sort of culture isn't apparent in current education today, and I think there, there should be more of that, for sure. I think Enlight isn't meant to replace like a traditional... Computer science education, but it is in many ways complementary, and in mm-hmm. many ways you can learn if you complete a lot of light projects and you go through the intro level cohort, and you keep on building. Yes, you can get a job at any big tech company, hundred percent, and you can create things, and and you can get equivalent outcomes as if you you didn't go to to college and get a CS degree. Yes, but I also think like the theory that we learn in computer science classes as much as sometimes i don't like it and i can't stand it sometimes when it gets really hard right, it's yeah. also very important and you we have to like recognize the value of you know having both sides having this like, knowledge of theory and its practical application i'm not saying like you should be towards one or the other mm-hmm. but i do think that practical application I, I think it's more important but i also acknowledge the theoretical side of it i think a lot of people in light get a lot of value out of the practical side of it and while they do gain some theory it's obviously not as much as a university degree and I think like they both should be complementary and I think like they both can be gained together and also if you look at uh, a university degree it's really spaced out and there's these courses like if you look at a CS degree there's only really like two or three courses that are really fundamental to getting a CS degree everything else is, is supplemental and those other courses can be easily the theoretical behind it can be covered by by like practical projects and, and learning as, as you do as you go but things like algorithms and data structures yes I, I agree like those are valuable classes and you should you should have knowledge in them but of course you don't need to go to university for that you can definitely learn them on your own mm-hmm. but um just saying that i, I don't think like nlight is completely like a, an alternative, but mm-hmm. it definitely is a complementary and it's targeting a, a different market of creators and people who want to build things. And and it's just able to give people that ability to to do that on their own and, and create and, and build, which is something that I'm very excited about.
0: Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I really like about you and the way you phrase it is that you're very honest about right? This is for people that want to try projects and just dip their hand into it and get that practical application. Because I think that there's a lot of people now, especially online, promising people that they can get them into big tech. I think there's never been more people that want to get into big tech. And I'm sure ads um, all over the place the same way I do of, of people promising <laughs> people that they can get into Fang. And it's interesting to me specifically in the way that I think about it, because I think Hacking and and building in public offers more social proof. And it's a little bit sexier, honestly, just because you can show people that you've built something, whereas maybe just being an engineer and learning theory in college, it's more of delayed gratification, right? But I I absolutely agree with you that both are important. And I think obviously it's a matter of, of personal preference. I think both have the capacity to energize people with what they promise and what they offer. One of the things I'm interested about is what energizes you the most about seeing other people building cool things, not necessarily other student founders, but maybe just side projects and things you come across online.
1: Yeah. I think like I I come across so many different things every day. And I think like that's largely due to product hunt and Twitter, Mm -hmm. two of my favorite websites. And I just get excited when I see a really cool tool or product or a piece of content that someone has made because at the end of the day, like I, I share that sense of creation and a sense of, yes, this is so valuable. I love it. And then that also inspires me to create things of value as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that over my time, observing what people are working on and seeing all these really cool projects, you just, being able to use them and and see what other people are working on and see their successes and see how they were able to build up a a product or an audience or or something that they have made from zero, going from zero to one is really cool. And I'm inspired by their story. I'm inspired by how they were able to do it because it gives me energy. It gives me the confidence. It gives me the motivation that, okay, I can do this as well. Mm -hmm. And I can also create the same value or impact that somebody else has and I think it's very inspiring. And I think as a whole, it it advances like the whole creator and maker community, especially online forward.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know if you meant to invoke Peter Thiel there, but that was really cool. Yeah. What sort of what online communities do you occupy? You obviously mentioned Product Hunt. And what are the coolest things that you've seen uh, come out of there, if, if any come to mind?
1: Yeah. So I was a part of two communities as a high school student, and I think those communities really inspired me to build things, especially Start in Light and, and other small mini projects. One of those is Hack Club, hackclub.com. It's a like a nationwide community of coding clubs run by an incredible um, group of people, and they basically provide the infrastructure for running amazing high school coding clubs and high school hackathons. So that was a really cool community to be a part of. I started a hack club at my high school and I was just seeing what other people were up to, other people my age especially were up to and got really excited from that. And then another community I was part of, which isn't alive anymore, it was founded by someone on Twitter and it was called Feathered. It was called something else before, but then they renamed it. It doesn't exist right now. But a lot of the people who I learned from we're from that community and there are a bunch of other teenage makers, just like me. Granted, like when I first joined, I wasn't much of a maker, I was still a lurker and, and learning what other people were up to, but some of the kids there have gone on to do some amazing things. And these are the sorts of kids that I got, you got know, featured at the top of Hacker News and, and Product Hunt and doing a lot of very interesting things right now and working on a lot of cool apps and at, at great startups. So, it's something that I think about often, right? As a kid, I was here. And because I was a part of these communities, and because I was able to see what other people were doing, and, you know, chat with them and learn from them, and get inspired by them, that's the only reason I'm here today. And, and I'm able to have, have this sort of knowledge and, and skill set of creation and, and building things. And I, I credit a lot of my, my learnings to those early communities that I was a part of. And of course, like, those two initial communities stemmed to like the broader Twitter community and joining like other slacks and things online. But I think those were like the two, two big communities that I, were a part, that I was a part of that really inspired me to, to keep on building. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think one of the people I spoke to a couple weeks ago, Justin Murphy, he talked about online communities as a means to construct a new reality online. And then what's really interesting is that at a certain point, this constructed reality starts to influence our actual reality. And I think we see that all the time and that's what's so exciting. I think maybe about being our age and just seeing people to the right and left of us create unbelievable things is that not only does it, it make us realize what's possible and it, it what's possible, but it's also it's literally changing the world and you could put enlightenment there as well. Yeah. One of the things I'm wondering about is what, What is your sort of biggest pipe dream goal for InLight and also just for yourself?
1: Yeah, for InLight, when I started a couple of years ago, it was always a side project. This before this summer when the pandemic hit, I didn't want to do a virtual internship. And that's when my co-founder called me. Then he was just a friend and then he turned into a co-founder after my co-founder Max we came together, we worked in Enlight even more over the summer, and that was awesome. And it was an amazing experience, and it was so valuable. And over that summer, I was able to learn so much about how much impact you can make because before Enlight had nine, 10,000 users, but I wasn't like talking to these people face to face. They've just used the site before, they've registered. But being able to, to actually instruct people online. And talk to them and learn about them, learn about like their challenges and how they're facing them, and, and mentor them one on one. That's a really cool part of it. And I think for long term, in terms of enlight, I think our goal would be to make the most impact we can when it comes to you know increasing accessibility to computer science and and building things. And I think like learning to to code is the one of the most important things uh, right now. And it basically unlocks a whole new world of potential. And we think that everybody has this potential to potentially learn to code. If they're interested in it, they just need to take that first step. And I think Enlight is on its way to being able to enable that for anyone who has an interest or, or passion. And it would mean the world to us to make the largest impact we can by reaching as many people. And right now, like our cohorts are sets of Around 50 people, it'd be amazing to a couple hundred thousand people in every cohort. That would be uh, like mind blowing, and th- th- that would just be really cool. And I think that's one of the things that that we're thinking about a lot, especially when it comes to light and working on things that are rewarding, working on things that you know are worth it, and we think that this is a mission that's worth spending a lot of time on, just because it's something that's personally it personally connects to us as when we were learning to code and we were picking up new skills and it would just be amazing to share that with more people. And
0: one of the things I'm I'm wondering about is so now in light is probably a startup, right? Or is that uh, an incorrect assumption?
1: Yes. Yeah. It can be called a startup.
0: It can be called a startup <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: because I'm interested how it intersects with your personal goals for yourself. I think, we set out with certain goals for ourselves and and obviously our our own conception of ourselves changes pretty often, I think probably at this age, but you're also a venture partner at Contrary Capital. So I'm just wondering how those tie in together, perhaps in terms of how you see the trajectory of your life over the next five years, perhaps.
1: Yeah. I think the next five years, like I just want to learn as much as I can while making um, an impact in everything that I do. And it really falls into this mission of me making the most impact that I can. And I am, yes, I'm a venture partner at Contrary Capital, which is like a distributed VC fund around at a bunch of universities around the United States. And it's really cool just to learn about that space. And that basically fulfills my goal of learning and being able to be exposed to different industries and, and different things that are going on. And I think at the end of the day, my goal is to have make the most impact that I can and especially within the next five years, learn as much as I can so that after five years, when I'm ready to, you know, go all in on something, I can be able to take my learnings, take what I've done over the past couple of years and, and apply them. And I think yes, I'm still I'm doing that right now. I'm on all in on a lot of different things, but I'm still very much figuring things out as I go. And I am I'm excited to, you know, continue learning, continue building, continue creating continue making an impact because that those are the things that are gonna help me bring bring myself closer to my personal goal of making a difference and being able to have have an impact on the world.
0: That's awesome. And and now just looking at the clock, obviously I would love to talk to you for ages, but I'll ask you my promised last question. So what makes you the most excited about the future?
1: Yeah. I think that is definitely a huge question in terms of the future. I think it really comes down to like as much as we talked about creation and consumption, I think it comes down to that, specifically creation. And me as a consumer, seeing what other people create is what gets me hopeful and excited for the future, because I think the world is going in so many different directions right now. There's so many different problems we go through like our ups and downs and these, like the problems may go away, but new problems will always arise. And I think it's amazing to see and and learn from the people who are solving some of these most um, important problems. And I'm personally inspired by them. And Mm -hmm. I I have friends and people who I see online and just reading uplifting news about new developments and, and new innovations. That's what gets me excited for the future. And it's something that, I look forward to doing every single day and just keeping updated on what's going on around me, what's going on in the world. And I think as much as there are problems, as much as there is negativity, there is inherently a lot of positivity, a lot of I see a lot of good things happening, no matter if they may be covered by a lot of apparently bad things. And I think it really comes down to being optimistic for the future, which is something that I'm continuously working on and something that Uh, I strongly believe in.
0: Okay. That's awesome. This was a lot of fun. I think for anyone watching this afterwards, they're going to learn a lot about certainly what you think about. And and I definitely learned a lot. And so that makes me really excited. I really appreciate you doing this and yeah, take care. I'll stay posted on what you're building and I'll stay excited about that. And obviously I let you know that I subscribe to the newsletter. So yeah, best of luck. and, And I hope everything goes well with what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you and great learning a little bit more about you and and sharing a little bit more about myself.
0: All right. Awesome. Take care, man.
1: Thanks. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please like, subscribe, tweet, text, and share so that more people can find the podcast. Take care and we'll see you next time.